What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. This week, I've got another installment in our Real Wellpreneur series, where I have conversations with real practicing wellpreneurs, people like you who are maybe just a few years ahead out in the world of wellness and specifically doing part of their business online. And we talk about their journey and what they've learned and what's working for them to grow their wellness businesses today. So this week's guest in our Real Wellpreneur series is Corinne Davis. Corinne is a wellness coach who shares her own path to building her wellness business online, which started off with working in person and then slowly transitioning into the online business that she has today. One of the things that I loved about this interview with Corinne is that she was really open about the less glamorous parts of building her business. And specifically, she shares about how, and just until a couple of years ago, she had a full-time or a part-time job to take the pressure off of her growing business. And I think that's something that we'll talk about and people feel a lot of stigma around. They feel like a failure if they don't immediately launch into doing their own business full time. And that's just not true. Actually, having another source of income really takes the pressure off so that you can grow your business in the way that you really want to and create the type of business that really fits your life and your goals rather than desperately chasing money, which is never a good look. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Corinne Davis. This week's episode is sponsored by FMTV. If you don't know about FMTV, it's like Netflix for the health and wellness world. You just create an account online and there are tons of films and shows and videos, including like yoga videos and lots of thought-provoking documentaries that you can stream. It's like, like I said, healthy Netflix. It's really awesome. So Wellpreneur podcast listeners can get a free 10-day trial if you just go to wellpreneuronline.com slash FMTV. That stands for Food Matters TV. So wellpreneuronline.com slash FMTV and start watching now. Well, not now. You can listen to the podcast first and then you can get into some wellness video goodness. Okay, let's jump over into this podcast with Corinne Davis. Hi, Corinne. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. So I am really excited to have you here to share about your journey becoming a wellpreneur. We were just chatting before I started recording about how this journey into whatever you see in people's business isn't even just like 10 years. It's like 20 years and nobody talks about how long it takes to actually get to become who you are. So I'm really excited to explore that with you. Yes, yes. And, you know, I was telling my husband the other night, it's not just, it's, it, that's where it came from. Like, this is in 10 years, it's 20 years in the making to get there. So I think it's such an important thing to bring up. So let's start off. And if you could just let everyone know, people that aren't familiar with you and your, your website and your business, can you just tell everyone what it is you do? Yes. So I am a registered dietitian and I have a master's in nutrition, but 
really, besides all the credentials, the, the fun stuff I think is so important. I really help women learn how to ditch the diet and then date without drama. So both of those things seem a little bit maybe not connected, a little disconnected, but they really boil down to this element of self-worth and self-acceptance and learning how to like yourself. I think that's really the crux of what it is that I help women do. Are you working it totally online or do you do some in-person stuff too? What's the mix there? Over the years, it was both. And now right now, everything is online. So how I'm connecting with people and how I'm working with people, it's mostly through forces, some one-on-one work, but mostly force work. Okay. I want to talk about that transition too, because I know that's something that you know, a lot of Wellpreneurs listening really want to do that, to work more online, and they're not sure how to get there. So we'll talk about that too. But take yeah. us back to the beginning. What was your first business in wellness? What was the first thing you did? The first thing I did was I was director of nutrition at a luxury health and wellness club, so to speak. It was a gym. And I ran weight loss and fitness programs. I did the nutrition side of it and the behavior side of it. And then I saw one-on-one clients individually. And that was such a period of growth for me personally, but also professionally. And I will tell you that first year, I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many times I would have to close my office door and I end up crying in there alone thinking, oh my gosh, did that go well? Did they like me? Because, you know, when you're starting out, you're starting out, you're not just learning how to come into your own as a coach or come into your own as your own wellness practitioner, whatever area it is that you're practicing, but you're also learning how to market yourself, how to get people in the door and how to become literally the best version of you and what it is that you're you're practicing. And it's just so much to take in. Oh, totally. I often feel that running a business is like the best self-help exercise ever because it's like if you have any sort of insecurities or things you're uncomfortable with or areas that you need to grow in, it's going to find them. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a daily thing still even to this day thinking, you know, are people going to to like my work? Is this going to be well received? Is this good enough? I mean, the thoughts then, obviously, as you grow and in your own way, but the thoughts that I had then, I still have some of those today. So I just think that's such an important thing for people to remember as they go. So how did you get from working in person? Kind of like take us through that transition then from working in person in this hotel or in this wellness center, then to starting something more on your own online. How did that transition happen? Gosh. Well, I, I will tell you that my journey is not typical, I'd say. I don't know anybody who does have a typical journey, but when I think of it, I really think of something that's different. But that first job was about 10 years ago. And my career has taken different trajectories, but I really started off there. And at the time, I was very much focused on meal planning and calorie intake and really having that be the the focus of the work. It was strictly on weight loss. And at the time, you know, I was still at that time when I first started practicing, still going through my own body and food image struggle. So ironically, here I am thinking to myself, like I was much further along where I had been like seven years prior, but I'm still working on some of my own stuff, right? And so then I'm coaching other clients and I mean, not other clients, I'm coaching clients in order how to lose weight, how to keep it off, how to become their fittest self. And so along those lines, what ended up happening there is that 
I actually had a very successful stint there. But personally, for me, I thought to myself, okay, I need to actually, this isn't my relationship with food and myself and my body had changed so much. This isn't actually how I want to be showing up in the world and be helping clients get to this new space because this isn't the lasting stuff. This isn't the meal plans aren't what people really need. Like, are you going to walk around for with your with a meal plan for the rest of your life? So what ended up happening there is I took a break. And during this period, I had been approached by a wellness company to actually manage their social media. So what ended up happening was that I stopped doing I quit at the health club, I started then running this companies, I was their their nutritionist, and I was also running their social media. And I was there as doing 20 hours a week. And then I was seeing clients on the side after taking a year off developing a new approach to how do I want to help people show up in the world. And it wasn't through meal planning, it was through mindful and intuitive eating. So at this time that I was developing my own craft, I was then having an income source coming in from something that would have been totally non-traditional in terms of a typical dietitian's career path. But I was able to then build that way. And I think that that's so important because I wasn't building from this place of desperation of like, Oh my God, I need to get clients in the door. I still had an income coming in, but it was from, you know, the social media managing and doing a lot of nutrition content for a different company. So I was there for about three or four years. And then after that, I had, I needed something else that wasn't fulfilling anymore. And my business wasn't to the point where I could, could stop. So what ended up happening is that through my network, I had a friend ask about the studio and managing a fitness studio. And so I don't know what I was thinking at that time, but I said, yeah, sure, I do it. So I took on this, this role of a general manager for a fitness studio. And I was there for about a year and I learned so much, but it really wasn't what I was my passion. And at that time, I was still also seeing clients, like very few, but I was still seeing clients and still developing the craft. And what ended up happening, right, ironically, around that time is I left that job. And I thought to myself, well, what do I want to do now? Like if I could do anything, if I still want that income coming in, and I'd been along so far, my personal development journey, that I then interviewed to become a matchmaker. So what ended up happening there is that I took on that role and I had been matchmaking and seeing clients that way. And what ended up happening after that period is that I realized I can do this on the side. I'm just going to focus solely on my business. So that was really the path. And then I realized, okay, I need to be able to take my message that I've now crafted all over this time and years, be able to get it to a bigger group of women and be able to show up confidently and authentically now that I know for sure what I want to do and that it also it works more importantly and be able to put that out into the world. And so over the years and over the time, it's been a lot of different odd jobs coming in and coming out. But what they've all done is they've all surfaced along my personal, they've all surfaced as much as my personal growth has surfaced and then been, been able to help me show up for my audience in that way. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I know it was such a long winded story, but. No, thank you for sharing that so honestly, because one thing that jumped out for me is, you know, you started working in in wellness and then you actually created your own program, but still then you were still working other jobs. Of course, they were in wellness, so that's great that you were able to make that connection. But I find so often people can really feel like failures 
if they don't immediately launch into doing their own business full time. And did you have any of those feelings come up for you? Like, how were you feeling as you were going through that process? Gosh, yeah, that's a great question. I had those feelings all the time because a lot of my friends in the wellness industry, they were very successful. They still are very successful. So a lot of my journey when I first started out was thinking, wow, well, they're already there. I'm not there. What's wrong with me? What am I not doing right? And so I had those thoughts all of the time. And the only way that I was able to then process them was for me to realize that from getting from point A to point B, yes, it's totally about showing up and serving the people in my community. But also it's about learning about myself. It's your own personal development growth journey in that way. And there's so many times that I talk to people who are entrepreneurs and want to start their own business. And it's the same thing. They'll think about this black and white thinking. Well, if I'm not doing this fully, then I'm not 100%. You know, I can't label myself as a writer, or I can't label myself as a yoga teacher, or I can't label myself as a coach, whatever that may be. But I think that the first thing that you have to do when you find yourself in that mindset is to actually keep going at your craft. Like if you have this black and white mindset thinking that, oh, I'm not doing it. I can't call myself that. My first thing is start doing it. Like start to start finding something that you can do to actually feel comfortable calling yourself whatever it is, because our words are so powerful. And you, you can just tell people, yeah, I'm a coach you know, but I'm also doing this as I build my business. That's really respectable. And I think that that's not shared enough today in the online world. People are just seeing these six and seven figure launches. And that's just not really the case starting off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's so funny, because although it's just words, like that really impacts how much you put yourself forward. So if you're like, Oh, I'm not really a coach, I can't really call myself a coach. How are you ever going to get clients? (laughs) <laughs> to become a coach. Like, I mean, what you said is so right. You have to just figure out how can you start doing this now in a small way, in whatever way you can, and just start to it kind of grow into that title. Because just sitting there wishing you had that title is never going to get you closer to it. Absolutely. I found that really being key for me. And if I, let's say I had that full-time job, and during that time, I found that like I was stifling myself because I couldn't call myself a coach. I'd be like, oh, I work at this place. It's like, whoa, you know, let's take a step back and be able to be like, yes, I'm working here, but I'm also growing my business as a, as a coach and or as a mentor, or however it is that you're growing your business. It's so important. And, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, those last couple of years, this is the first time ever that I have not had a full-time job while building my business. And that's something that was really important for my own journey, because I knew that not having money in the bank and just wishing and hoping that clients would come in the door when I didn't have all the tools in order to get there, I I was going to have such a whacked out desperate energy. And your community, whether it's in your newsletter, or whether you're talking to people, they can feel that and nobody wants to buy anything from somebody who feels like they're, you know, who's from somebody who has a sense of energy, they're desperate, or they're not where they need to be or anything like that. And, you know, I think bottom line, I've always said that I have taught what it is that I've needed to learn. That's why, you know, the whole program I have on ditch the diet or then dating, that was another area of my life that I really needed to learn too. like, 
I've always come at what I'm putting out into the world from my own lessons and my own journey. So that's just personally what's worked for me. But there's so many times that you need to remind yourself along the way that you're allowed to play in the gray. Everything doesn't have to be so black and white. I like that play in the gray. (laughs) Yeah. And I really like what you said about coming at your business and your newly developing business from a place of like empowerment more than desperation. Because I think you're right, when you don't have money coming in, and you need to support yourself, then I mean, that's just that is like, it's just a setup to make the worst decisions. Because you'll just do anything to get money. And what more of a place of power you would be in, even if you take a part time job or some consulting, like some contract work on Upwork or whatever, anything to take that pressure off so that you can really be focusing on building the business you want to build. Thank you for, for sharing about that. Yeah. Yeah. And you just mentioned something that's really important, the part-time or, you know, on Upwork or something along those lines. I, I didn't mention this. And I think this is another important element that as you're building your business and you're taking on different work, one of the things that was really helpful for me was that anything I did, I made my own business a priority. So my full-time job, I actually made it so I was I could work from home. And I only had to go into the office one day a week. Even when I was doing like general manager stuff, I made sure that I had this many hours working at home or I took on part-time remote type of jobs. So, you know, or I made my schedule like at the health club, my very first job, my schedule was based off of when I was working, like I set my own schedule. And I know that that's not always possible for everybody. But I just think that if you have this thing that you want to do in your life, and you're setting yourself up or not even asking, like it doesn't hurt to ask the question. Um, and figure out how can you make this work for you so then you can actually build your business. That's another thing to keep in the back of your mind. Cool. So let's let's transition a little bit to yeah. online business and what you're doing now. Um, so I'm always so curious to like get the pulse of, you know, here we are in 2017 and just to get a sense of like what's actually working for you right now. So I know you have a couple of e-courses. So what yeah. have you found... How do you sell those? And I don't mean you don't have to go into excruciating detail, but what do you yeah. found that's really working to make e-courses sell online for you? Well, I will tell you that the most important thing I've done, I think, is share a tidbit of the course. Like I have a right now I have a course called Ditch the Diet, Get More, and I have a five-day mini pre-class that people can do to get a sense of what I'm like, what the work is like. And then um, really see if the course is right for them. And then crafting those sales emails. I have sales in quotes right now, but crafting those sales emails after they take this to really feel like an invitation, to feel like I'm sharing a story, to offer more insight, to then want to actually, you know, buy the course and join the course. So that was a big transition that I've learned. I mean, I've had, I did an e-course before and I sold two programs and I felt like a total failure. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, like, what have I done that that didn't go well? And so instead of finding myself stuck in this drastic rabbit hole of I'm not good enoughness, look at thinking, okay, I actually pulled my whole audience and saw, well, why didn't you buy? What didn't work? What are you looking for? And then I was able to come up with different solutions that, you know, A, actually was matching what they were looking for. And then B was able to provide something that was not salesy, but authentic and really looking to help and serve instead of take, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So uh, what about audience building? Where do you like to hang out online? And what have you found most effective for that? 
I really love Instagram. I, I do. I love Instagram and I love my newsletter community. So being able to share stories and being able to craft messages and being able to share some of my everyday real world and put that out there for people to be able to relate to. I think that those are the biggest things. And also I'll say along those lines, being consistent in communication. So I have a newsletter that's going out every Friday and it's something that I feel really strongly about. And it's about really building community and about getting to know my audience. So I'll say I always have questions in my newsletter too. So then people can write me back and then I have, you know, what is my audience actually looking to know? And so being able to keep it conversational and being able to keep it fun so people want to read it and consistent are three really important things too along those lines that I found work. What about your personal routines or rituals? How you stay balanced and well while also running your business? Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I will tell you that I use mantras and affirmations all the time to be able to stay in a good place. Um, I think that one of my favorites I'll use is just grow with grace. And then I'm here right now exactly where I need to be. I just think that that's such an important thing to keep in the back of your mind. But yoga is such an important part of my life. I make sure that I walk or go to a yoga class every single day. So that way I'm actually getting out of my house because I work from home, which is so important to be able to do for my own mental health and well-being. Because otherwise, if I'm sitting at a computer, I find it so easy to go down this rabbit hole of, you know, anxiety or feelings of depression or sadness or anything like that. So I know myself really well to be like, okay, if I know if I'm going to sit here for this long, I know I'm going to need at some point to get out of the house. So yoga, uh, affirmations, mantras, walking, uh, journaling, and writing, to be honest with you, is so, so therapeutic for me. So the work that I'm actually putting out there, it's, it's yes, it's hopefully serving a larger community, but it's also selfishly serving me. Do you have a morning routine? I will say... I think immediately I have two dogs. So I get up every morning and I'll let them out. I have coffee. I go outside. I, I have a beautiful little backyard and I love hanging out in nature. And so I'll hang out there for a few minutes and just kind of, I don't know, let it, let the day seep in. And then the other thing that's really important is I'll make a to-do list for that day. I have dates and deadlines and things like that on a Google calendar, but I love having a journal and I just write out what I want to do for that day. And then also what ends up happening is for writing is that I'll randomly, if I'm walking or if I'm going to not really in a yoga class, mostly walking, I find that I have so many ideas when I'm walking, but um, I'll just jot a little note too in the journal or in my iPhone if I don't have my journal near me. So yeah, just a few little, little things in the morning to kind yeah. of set your tone for the day. Yeah, totally. So if you could go back 10 years ago or whenever, when you're first getting started and give yourself some advice or, you know, give yourself a message from the future, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself that you can't get it wrong and to really show up and to really put yourself out there and stop thinking that you can't. I, you know, look back and I think that my journey has been my journey and I wouldn't take anything back. But if I could go back, I would start doing all of the things that I've been doing, like getting in a 
consistent routine with writing or really building the courses earlier or feeling like I was good enough to be putting out this work into into the world, I would kind of just start doing more things earlier and tell myself that you can't get it wrong. I think that's such an important thing. And and also to know that everybody's journey is going to look different. And part of this is your own learning experience. So important. Yeah, we spend yeah. so much time and effort worrying about, oh, I should be further along, or I'm not as good as this person, or why doesn't it look, look like this? Or why isn't it going faster? And honestly, like, what is the point of those thoughts? <laughs> like, yes, if you could just yes. stop it and focus that energy into actually building what you want to build. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When you can look at somebody else and actually look like, well, what do you like about them? Or what are those feelings coming from? And being able to take some of that and put it into your own world, or you like how they're confident, or you like how this, and sometimes you can't just, you know, look at those things and get them and put them immediately into your life. But if what we focus on is ourselves and our own journey and ignoring theirs. You're, I mean, you're right. You absolutely be, you're able to create space for where you want to go. So important. Cool. So last yeah. question, do you have like a favorite thing you can share? So it could be like a book or a tool, like an app or podcast, anything. Is there like something that you think the wellpreneurs would be super interested in? Oh, yes. Okay. So I love the podcast the one you feed. I absolutely love that podcast. I tend to love things that I ironically, I don't listen to too many. I tend to shy away from all the ways that people tell you that you should be running your own your own business. And I tend to really focus on things of the emotional mindset, you know, and so this podcast is one of my favorites, because it just for me, sends the huge message of me too. And whatever that is, I think that that's so important for us all to hear. Me too. And to begin to see that there are so many different ways of getting to wherever you want to be and really ultimately understanding that you're right where you need to be to learn what it is that you need to learn, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Oh, thank you so much, Corinne, for sharing all of this today. Just to wrap up, would you let everyone know how to get in touch with you, like where to find you, your website and social media accounts? Things like that. Yeah, absolutely. The best way to find me is my site, corinnedobis.com. You can go there. You'll be able to find my Instagram and programs and learn a little bit more about me there. And yeah, I, I want to thank you for having me on your show. It's been so fun chatting with you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can find all the links that we mentioned in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget that if you're in need for some health and wellness inspiration, check out FMTV, which is like Netflix for the health and wellness world. Wellpreneur podcast listeners can get a free 10-day trial of FMTV by going to wellpreneuronline.com slash FMTV. Okay, have a great week, guys, and I will see you back here in the next episode.